0: This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Mirsham. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them.
1: You are listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo, and I'm John David
0: JD. Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. <laughs> How are you
1: doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. It's it's Squire Select Monday, it's man. Squire so. Select! <laughs> I know, right? It's uh, it has been a very eventful several days here, and uh, man, just trying to keep my head above water, and so. It was uh, just very nice to uh, to have this little respite in there, get to hang out with you and me and chat with uh, you know, in in a sense, with our greater community and uh, drink some good beverages and and smoke some good pipe tobacco along with it. So all is good, you know. It's uh, it's stressful and, and crazy, but all is uh, all is good.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I I hear that, dude. All right. So I you know I've been kind of trying to take um, you know I've, I've I've taken like like some some big steps in my life to try to reduce stress in 2021
1: <laughs> after the year that was. Yeah, uh, I know, right. You, you got off uh, social social media, right? Yeah, or yeah. at least partially.
0: You know, no, I mean, I, uh, significantly, I'm, I'm off. I, I mean, like you know, still still managing the uh, the Twitter handle, of course at Squire uh, at Squire Radio, rather for uh, for the show and for a number of other shows. But for for personal, you know, my my personal Twitter is gone. My uh, Facebook is gone. And uh, and you know I've I've kind of stepped down from a lot of you know relatively high stress important roles that that I was in and just you know and and trying to to do things a little bit more can maintain my sanity in 2021 that's <laughs> that's my New Year's resolution really is to
1: maintain my be sanity. good to thyself yeah <laughs> yeah
0: well okay so I got to share this with you before we dive in so I and, and part of that you know there's there's things that you can do. For that self care, right? But the pipe yeah. is like right up there. It's it's kind yeah, of yeah. One of those. It's
1: like it, for us, it's front and center.
0: Exactly. It's at the top of the food chain. Uh, for for me personally, man, another one that's kind of up there is I, I really enjoy fishing. Like that is just something that I've always really enjoyed, and I'd ne- almost never get a chance to really. I get to do it. So I've, I've been trying, you know, we are an hour away from the coast now that we're here in Houston. And so I've, I've kind of made this decision to try to get down there as much as possible.
1: You know, it's interesting. You living here. You used to go kind of regularly. I mean, that was something you were able to do, but I mean, it's, you know, it was a, a 12 minute drive to, you know, to the of reservoir. Holes yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, not like the, some luxurious fishing hole, but, um, but yeah, you're, you know, when you're surrounded in the, in the concrete jungle down there, it might be a little, a uh, little more difficult to to get to the swamp. Well, the funny thing, man, is that like, so, you know, swamp though it may
0: be, it is connected to the Gulf coast and I love fishing on the beach. Like beach fishing has become like my favorite form of fishing, fly fishing, maybe a close second, but I love like wading in the water and like getting out there and, you know, kind of in the back of your head thinking maybe I'm going to catch a shark this time. Like I just, I love it, man. It's, (laughs) it's a ton of fun. You you stick the pole in the ground, you kick back, you drink rum. It's wonderful. Well,
1: so fish, what fish? Yeah, exactly.
0: So, so this, this last past weekend, I thought, you know, what, let me, let me, let me try to get out there and, you know, bring the family down. Cause it's, you know, an hour drive, like, look, listen, when you live in Houston, an hour drive is nothing like, that's great. <laughs> you know, that's like the traffic <laughs> here is terrible. So anything that's an hour is basically next door. And so we're like, all right, we'll, we'll head down there. And we did. And it was a cold day, man. It was probably one of the, the colder days that we've had Throughout this, uh, you know, relatively cold winter, and I was like, you know what, no, this is fine. I'm just going to cast as far as I can. I got some chopped mullet, I got some shrimp. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be casting out here. It's great. Start wading in a little bit, and uh, and you know, so my legs are getting kind of cold because you know you get a little bit more bolder as you get accustomed to the water, and then finally you're out there and you're waist deep and you're you know wondering why on earth you would do this to yourself because you haven't gotten any bites and it's just the worst fishing you've ever had. But I, I go back to the shore after you know one particular cast. I'm sitting there with my daughter, my oldest, and and it was great, man. She actually she cast her first like like fishing pole, like real fishing pole, not just like oh, a kid's. That's fishing. Cute. Oh, it yeah. was great, man. It was it was so it was so fun. But so we're sitting there and we're and she makes a comment about the sun, and I say, yeah, you know the the sun is bright today. There was not a cloud in the sky. I said, you know, normally I'm I'm really you know big on making sure we're staying in the shade and you know everything else, but it's so cold, I'm kind of enjoying the sun today. Yeah, sure. Yeah, normally, normally put on the sunscreen, but I, I didn't because it was so cold. John David, I, I don't know if you know anything about science because God knows I don't.
1: Uh, <laughs> turns out... Cole, you mean the temperature outside doesn't have anything to do with uh, with sunburn?
0: Nothing to do with UV rays sunburn. Direct Texas heat <laughs> to your face blasted all day long.
1: It, oh, it, that's awesome.
0: I, I am in so much pain right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't know where you were going with all that. I mean, obviously I was happy to hear about your, you know, trip down there yeah, and yeah, relaxing yeah. and lots of fishing and, and time with your daughter and all this stuff, but uh man you went down there in the middle of winter and, uh, and got torched.
0: <laughs> Dude, and it was like this. I did these extremes to my body because I was surrounded by freezing cold ocean water, like, yeah. like submerging myself in freezing cold ocean water and blasting my face with direct Texas, no clouds sunlight, just Ugh. UV to the face. I came back home, looked at myself. I was like, ah, <laughs> like freaking man,
1: you out. Could see, man, you could see yourself from space, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was rough, but anyway, so. It's one of those things where when you touch your belly or something, like it leaves an imprint for a solid like, you know, two minutes or something like that. Right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I understand.
0: You got, you got, <laughs> you got the the intention. So anyway, so hopefully I'll be be back in the next couple of couple of days here. Okay. But I wanted to share that okay. because. Yeah, you know, like I said, I've been trying to make those uh, moves to try to you know uh, be a little bit more relaxed. And man, the pipe is is right up there uh, next to fishing. And after this last past weekend, uh, the pipe is the fishing has gone down a little bit on the list, but the <laughs> pipe is still
1: right up there, man. Oh, dude, that's funny. Yeah, you know we we do need to try to find uh, fun and productive ways to take care of ourselves. And uh, and the pipe is uh, is right up there. And um and and fishing, if you can do it without sunburn, so. Yeah, good call. Very important. Very important.
0: <laughs> hey man, I know uh I know things have been uh, pretty pretty wild there with the shop upgrades. You 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 holding together pretty pretty. Yeah, good. so
1: we're uh, in the process of uh moving a lot of things to uh a storage unit and just kind of getting reorganized and uh throwing a lot of stuff out and And uh, all that. So, and then uh, you know, if you didn't catch last week's episode, uh, just a heads up: we are going to be expanding our cigar humidor here, and also reconfiguring our shipping space here in the shop. And so, uh, some renovations going on. Of course, it comes in the middle of uh, you know, basically Christmas time for pipe smokers, which is the month of uh, February, and and uh, is the home of International Pipe Smoking Day. So, uh, it's going to be a a challenging month. We've got um, you know a lot of moving parts where we uh, try. To juggle, uh, you know, uh, all the increased shipping volume and things of that nature, blending, uh, normal business operations and tobacconist operations, and organizing pipe tobacco and keeping up with inventory and all that. You know, we're hoping that down the road with the shipping business and also our uh, local cigar business here, that it that it really. Uh, is a good move and, and helps us. uh, So anyway, um, give us a little grace over the next couple of weeks as we kind of muddle through this, but we are, uh, we're doing the best we can and um, looking forward to, to what it's going to, you know, allow us to do. We're, um, you know, as our shipping business is growing, you know, we're really uh, using this as an opportunity to kind of, uh, organize and facilitate some of our um, inventory stuff a little better, uh, you know allow us to have more inventory on hand in order to uh, keep our website stocked better and that type of thing, which is kind of challenging when there's just so many great tobacco products particularly tinned tobaccos uh, that that are out there that are available and we want to carry more we we just don't carry nearly enough right now and want to do more of that so uh, so we're growing there and obviously uh, lots of cigar business that you know we're proud of and so want to do that too anyway so uh, bear with us but we you know we're hopeful that the uh, when all this is said and done the uh, the results will be uh, well worth it
0: Yo, are you at the shop right now?
1: I am, yeah. And unfortunately, if you if you hear some stuff in the background, yeah, they are they are constructing uh, about 130 apartment units uh, right behind us. We've mentioned it on the show uh, before, but I, I'm literally it's right outside our my my office door here, right outside our our back window, and so right. It's either that or the the baby screaming in the background. <laughs> It's either that or the baby, you know, and 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 so it's just uh, yeah, we're um,
0: we make do with what we do, and that's 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 rough for you though. On the <laughs> well, hey, uh, uh, exciting stuff happening at the shop, man. Exciting stuff happening at the show as well. Of course, the show is uh brought to you year after year, uh, yeah. by our wonderful, amazing supporters, patrons, and club members for the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. We got some new members, man.
1: Um, okay. Joining at the Squire level, Jack Rhodey. Jack Rhodey. Yeah, thank you, man. Squire level, that's great, man. We appreciate you so much, absolutely,
0: man. And then at the Pilgrim level, we've got Brad F. And I'm assuming the F stands for Francis, because first of all, if your name is Francis, (laughs) like you don't have to be ashamed of that. Now, my name, my, you know, my, I, I, I have Franks in my family. I am a a Frank. Frankly, I am. Uh, and I have been uh, accused of actually being a Francis who has called themselves Frank or something of that nature. Which really? Is, is that a? It's, apparently that's a thing.
1: Well, I forget that Frank is like a like a shortening or a more familiar version of Francis. I, I, I guess I had forgotten that that's a connection there. So look, um,
0: I, I'm just saying. Look, first of all, if my name was Francis, then. I don't know that I would have gone by Frank. You know what I mean. I might have yeah, gone by. I might have gone by F. I don't know. Or maybe, there's, <laughs> there's really no cis friends. friends there's there's really no. There's, there's there's not a lot of help there in the name. <laughs> Poor Francis Brad. Friend. Like
1: you know, Brad F. We're we're going on this tan- this Francis tangent, and it's like his name's probably like Fredrickson. Fud or something, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's it, it, probably something <laughs> totally unrelated, but uh, all right, no, that's great. Well, Brad, thank you, man. Joining at the Pilgrim level, we appreciate you, brother. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And then uh, also, man, we got a new patron supporting us as well. Now, generally speaking, uh, we try we try to leave the the butchering of the names as kind of a, a perk of being a club member. That said, Zach, buddy, you're challenging me here um, <laughs> because because your name. Looks like brunch
1: miller. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it it does. It, it, and, you know, and, and
1: I get hungry this time of day. You got
0: to you got to mill for that brunch, man. Zach's no. out here milling for that brunch.
1: Man, Zach Bruckmiller. Um, we we assume that's how you say your name, but we're uh, man, very. I'm not assuming that. Very, yeah. <laughs> Bo, Bo's not assuming anything. You know what assuming does. So, uh, man, yeah, we we certainly appreciate you joining at the uh, at the patron level as well, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, hey, like you said, uh, of course, this is a
0: Squire Select uh, episode, and we are uh, very excited to jump right in. So, you know, I always like to kind of kick things off by reminding the folks who uh, may not be as familiar with uh, what the Squire Select is. Every single episode is somebody's first episode and it's something to be cognizant of and it also makes things a little bit difficult when you've got as many series as we have kind of you know, smattered about the podcast feed, you know, boy, you're not kidding. Listen, There are some people. And I mean, like this is, I I, I applaud this method of like, okay, we're going to do a, like a series of episodes. So you do like 16 episodes all together that are all part of this particular series. And then you be back to back to back to back. And that's, that's a good thing. That's the way that we're kind of wired to kind of, you know, you know, organize yeah. things here at country square radio. We made the decision a very, very long time ago to spread out the series, to sprinkle them in, to use them as seasoning. Uh, uh, as, as Perique spread about much Burley, like they're, they in many <laughs> respects are meant to be the flavor of what this uh. podcast is. And no flavor is sweeter than that of the Squire Select. This is where <laughs> we pair various, uh, generally whiskeys. It could technically be anything. And yet it still mostly is whiskey. Uh, that we choose to pair with various pipe tobaccos. And, uh, you know, back in the day when we were uh, together in the same locale, uh, it was fun. We would always uh, typically walk right next door to the the package store that's right over next. Yeah, pick out something together. Yeah. Right? And it would like, like, you know, pick it out and then bring it back to the shop and, uh, you know, <laughs> make our wives wonder why it was taking us so long to record a podcast. That's right. That's it, it right. It was great. It was so fun. Uh, now it's a little bit trickier because obviously now that I am in the, um, you know, the, the great metropolis of, of Houston with, uh, the, you know, I guess free plug for specs here, uh, like amazing, yeah. uh, bourbons and whiskeys from all over the world and, and access to like a whole new, like plethora of beverages, uh. John David is 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 stuck in the in in lovely Jackson, Mississippi, a wonderful place,
1: it, which has so many benefits, and and we love it and it's home, and the the, the people here are just fabulous. But um, man, this is kind of a uh a, kind of an alcohol desert when it comes to by comparison, you know, by comparison, certainly, yeah. I mean, we uh, uh our state is one of those that you know all the I think there's like twelve states left in America that do this, where all of the the liquor sales go through the actual state so right, right, a right. lot of fe- a lot of people don't know this it's an abc state so um alcohol bev- beverage control so a lot all the all the uh liquor products that come into mississippi that are sold actually are purchased by the state of mississippi hmm. and then resold to Um, You know retail outlets, whether it's a grocery store or uh, you know typically a a liquor store, package store, Uh, and so it's crazy. It goes through the state kind of kind of funnel before it gets to the retail. Uh, outlet and um, you know it as it, it as efficient as it is and maybe maybe it is efficient I, I'm just not really familiar with that I'm sure there's fine people that work there but um, you know I imagine that uh, you know the state is not as uh, you know uh, not as plugged into you know what's hot on the market and what they should carry and uh, you know what what people are getting in other states and, you know, how we ought to, you know, try to jump on board with different trends here. I mean, you know, it's just going to happen a lot slower when you've got to go through a a government institution to uh, to distribute liquor <laughs> of all things. Right, so, right. um, yeah, it's just, you know, so it's different it's, in a Baptist uh, you know, we, state. We, let's be honest. Like, in a like ba- I know, right. It's <laughs> like, there's so much, so much here that I just don't really understand. Right. So, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's kind of funny, but, um, but yeah, so we here in the people's Republic of Mississippi. We don't, uh, have quite the, uh, quite the selection that you do there, uh, Bo, but we, we, we're, we're doing the best. We so can.
0: I got I gotta pull back the curtain just a little bit and share with people how we did it this week. Cause this is the first time we did this. And I, I thought it was actually kind of brilliant cause we've done it different ways before you've, you've kind of purchased some stuff and then sent me these questionable, you know, uh, Mason, Mason jars, jars filled yeah. with brown liquid. <laughs> it's like a crazy trust exercise and all that kind of great stuff. And that's great. Uh, but this particular week we, we kind of did things a little bit differently. You went next door, you took a picture of the shelf of, uh, of whiskeys that they had and, and you sent me the pictures, like, just pick whichever ones you can find. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting because so much of, and I mean, this is true of Tin Tobacco as well, but there is something about the buying pro- process of, you know, cr- craft uh, products that goes into the way that it's presented. And there's things that kind of yeah, catch sure. your eye. And, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of, you know, you look at the shelf and gosh, we've been doing this seven years. You're like, well, we've done that one. We've done that one. We've done that <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we've, we've drank a lot of these. And so like, you know, to, to find a couple that, that kind of like stuck out to me, I was like, you know, I've never actually ever tried either of these particular two. And so I kind of sent back yeah. to you, I, I yeah. first checked our, our local uh, shop here and uh, put on the or- order for, for pickup and, uh, and made sure we had it. And then I sent you for, you know, like, Hey, these two we got, and I am super excited, man. Cause I have never actually uh, tried either of these before five minutes before recording, I'd love to say I've never tried any of them now, but I pregame just slightly beforehand because I was very curious on one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I I do kind of like it when you go in blind sometimes after I've kind of tasted just to just to get um you know kind of your uh, fresh perspective, fresh yeah. gut reaction, you know, on some of these because it um it is kind of interesting and a lot of times we vary on that. You know, if you go mm-hmm. back episodes, I'll say something and you're like, how did heck did you get that? <laughs> you know, it's kind of kind of interesting, but um yeah, man, we've got a couple of really good ones today. And it worked out where we could kind of collaborate on the um, selection of them, like you said. And so... Uh, I guess Bo, I'll just dive in here. We're going to start today uh, with Redemption Rye. Whiskey. Okay, uh, all right, yeah, Redemption Rye. Um, this is uh, it, it, you know interesting that all these uh, uh, small batch and, and craft products nowadays, or, or products that uh, build themselves as craft products, are going for a story. They're all uh, wanting to portray themselves as a, uh, you know truly an, an artisanal product, and uh, you know, and a lot of times that's true. A lot of times it's a it's a version of the truth. It's just you know, there's all kinds of webs that go into this, sure, but right. um, Re- Redemption Rye is, uh, is no different. Of course, they have a very uh, fine branding, and they build themselves as the redeeming of American rye whiskey. It's quite a claim. Um, it it's interesting you know it's 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 a fascinating thing they uh you know they're developing this lore about rye whiskey the significance of rye whiskey in the united states and and it's fall and now it's redemption it's kind of this uh this uh, it, its own meta narrative this arc that they're drawing uh related to rye whiskey and so uh, just very fascinating, and and they've you know doubled down on that. They have uh, an entire line now. They've gotten into uh you know different whiskeys uh, where they've got a rye, they've got a a, a high rye bourbon, they've got a, a straight bourbon, they've got a, a weeded bourbon. You know, there's just different uh, different varieties, but their their home base, their bread and butter, is that uh, that rye that they. Uh, I've kind of, you know, kind of gone in on. I'll read the description here. Um, It says, "...in the 1700s and 1800s, rye was the number one spirit in America, and for a good reason. Rye grain was plentiful, and it made damn good whiskey. Uh, But with the enactment of Prohibition and the closing of rye distilleries, its usage declined." Now following decades of discreet existence, there is a renaissance in the rye category as craft cocktail bartenders and consumers alike rediscover its bold, spicy character. Redemption's award-winning whiskey is produced in small batches for those who appreciate a nod to the past but have a taste for what's new. Mm. Redemption is carefully handcrafted in the river town of Lawrenceburg, Indiana at the 172-year-old MGP Distillery, uh, Whiskey Advocate's 2015 Distillery of the Year. While Redemption is perfect to enjoy neat or on the rocks, it also serves as an excellent base when used in both classic and modern cocktails. Its bold, spicy notes shine through any cocktail without overpowering the drink. Redemption is a brand with one purpose and one purpose only, to bring rye whiskey back to its rightful place. And right. so oh. um, they're they're championing themselves as a... Uh, yeah well they're 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 um you know billing themselves as the champion of rye whiskey you know making this uh this craft product that uh, is going to bring you know this grain back to the back to the forefront of the uh of the whiskey universe okay. and so um. Yeah. Interesting. Uh. Retails for about twenty five dollars a bottle here in Mississippi. Um. You know. Elsewhere, uh, your taxes and mileage may vary. Bo, do you want to kind of describe what your uh, what you're looking? Yeah. At? So I mean, a, a fairly, um, you know, kind of that that classic medicinal
0: esque, uh, bottle shape. Um, if you're familiar at all with uh, with bullet, uh, you know, the it's the a, it's
1: similar products. to a bullet bottle. Yeah. Right?
0: Um. Yeah. With that kind of size. Now, they do have kind of um, ingrained, I suppose, in the glass or, or kind of... Im, Im, what do you call it when it's like it's pressed out like that? Uh, embossed, embossed, I guess. Embossed, yeah.
1: I don't know if that's what you call it when it's on glass like this, but that's I guess that's the word I Yeah,
0: get. that's good. So it is, and it is directly into the glass. You have kind of that embossed, uh, of course, their, their brand with kind of redemption right there, uh, whiskey, and they also have uh, pre-prohibition as mentioned as well. But at the very bottom, they actually have kind of these two, what looks like... I would have assumed that was wheat, but perhaps you know that is is um, maybe that's not supposed to be wheat. Maybe that's supposed to be what the uh, the rye
1: grain actually. I think that's the the rye grain, which is yeah. interesting.
0: I've always associated rye rye more with corn, um, but maybe that's because I I typically look for a high rye content in my bourbon, uh, which would yeah. make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, so I'm I'm very I'm very excited about that. Generally speaking, man, I am a rye guy. Um, I, I made the comparison with bullet not just because of the bottle shape, but because like right now, like bullet has been our go-to for just straight rye. Um, yeah. my wife,
1: that's the green label, the green label. That's right. Bullet, is that right?
0: And you yeah. know, I don't know if it was bullet or Dickel or who ended up doing it, but like green has ended up being kind of the lart. like you look into most like spirit stores and you see a bunch of uh, you know in the bourbon section. If you see a bunch of green labels, that's typically the yeah. area where the rye is.
1: Redemption. Don't give Dickel credit for anything. Well, I'm just... George Dickel. <laughs> that I, man, that that stuff is foul. I mean, I, I'm just, I, just saying, don't, I don't. They got the green. I don't. I don't know who. Like I, I don't know what the who the master distiller is at, at George Dickel. I probably just got <laughs> on their list, but like, man, I. Go back to the drawing. I we're we going to like sponsor just... the
0: show. Okay, all right, fair enough. What? No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, that's great.
1: <laughs> like, we man, I, pr- prove it. Prove it to me. I, I just okay. That's there's my dickle rant. Anyway, go fair ahead. <laughs> but what?
0: But I, I was going to say about this. Of course, is redemption has got uh, more yeah, stuff. V- tastes like. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Uh, kind of a, a black, kind of textured leather esque textured look to it. Now it is paper, but actually, if you run your finger on it, you almost like. You almost kind of feel a little bit of texture because of the way of the the print is actually kind of raised and everything. So I
1: think they have uh, done like a light embossing on the uh, on the label yeah. as well. So
0: yeah. it's it's a beautiful bottle, beautiful product. And uh, but I do make the comparison with Bullet, not just because of the bottle, but because. Um, my wife is uh, a fantastic at making vuqueets like that, that has been kind of one of our go-to cocktails lately yeah,
1: yeah. We, is that a rye centric uh cocktail it is boat? it
0: is and it's one okay. that we've we've gone through quite a few bottles of rye and so like this last past time uh prior to getting this bottle I was at the, the shop you know the giant bottle of of rye like the giant bullet rye <laughs> bottles yeah
1: yeah the handle
0: yeah <laughs> so we got that we <laughs> got so I got a oh, good. Got a big thing of rye and now I got redemption right here to try to Work its way into uh, into the process. So I'm I'm excited to try this. They they make some large claims. So
1: Yeah, Ready man. For it? Um yeah, so uh 92 proof. It has a, a really beautiful light uh honey color uh to this this particular liquid. And um yeah, man, cheers, Bo. Oh that now is this is your first time trying this. Correct?
0: Yeah, that is surprisingly smooth up front, which is not something yeah. you really associate with rye. That that's
1: yeah. interesting. It is a rye whiskey. Um it, this particular whiskey is a 95% rye which which is really interesting to me. It, the mash bill is 95% rye, 5% malted barley. They mm. went all in on on rye with this. It's it's out of control. And what's so fascinating is how incredibly smooth it is. It, that is, it bizarre. is so smooth and it's very it's it's pretty sweet it, it it really is uh the the rye is you know again front and center i'm no whiskey expert but it is it is front and center but the bite is very it, it, it it's on the it's tail end
0: yeah it's on the tail end it, and it is soft that i think is it,
1: it's very yeah. It, yeah it it is very uh, muted it, it really is very interesting you know this it's, is uh, this is
0: sweet... sippable like this is extremely sippable
1: very very sippable yeah, yeah. and I, i'm i'm you know drinking this with zero ice not cut with water yeah, nothing like that uh and it is just a very um, a very kind of semi sweet to sweet uh sippable whiskey this is a, a very good uh whiskey particularly for what twenty five you know thirty bucks depending on uh where you're purchasing this um yeah sweet with uh with a little spice you don't get i don't get a lot of uh a lot of spice here um you know if, if you're kind of thinking about uh, there's um kitchen spices or you know peppery spices, even cinnamon. I just you know we get some of that kind of in the background, maybe on the finish a little mm, bit more yeah. but um but this is not a particularly spicy uh rye uh to me it it has a uh, little bite. But it's a nice warm flavor. The uh the the finish is bolder, but it is a dissipating finish, so it doesn't last all that long. It's uh it, it's it's interesting. I really I really like it. This is something yeah. that, you know, uh walking into the liquor store with uh, you know, twenty five, thirty bucks and uh coming out with uh with this, I'm uh man, really, really pleased. You know, is it is it something that's super complex and all these superlatives and all that? I, I don't particularly get that, but uh man, it's very straightforward and um, you know, something that for the, for the money, I think is a, is a great value. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, I, so the, the thing is again, like, because like bullet has been our staple, um, which is such a spicy, right? Like that is, that, that, that's got mm-hmm. quite a punch to it. Um, I, you know, this is not a rye that I would recommend if you are trying to like add like that kick or looking for a particular like a mix or a cocktail that you really want that yeah. rye punch into it. I
1: mean, I, it features that, yeah, yeah that element. Yeah,
0: like think. you know, and that's without having even tested that that theory. I think it's safe to say this is not necessarily. I mean, they, you know, as you mentioned, they they kind of marketed as something that would go good in a cocktail, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily challenge that. But if you're looking for that rye punch, I, ironically. I don't know that Redemption Rye is the place to go. Now, it is highly, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like, this is this is a good drink right here. I am enjoying sipping this, and I think, like, this will kind of be kind of my, my go-to kind of straight rye. A lot of times, if I'm watching a Western or uh you know trying to kind of get in the, the mindset of uh you know if i'm watching westworld or something like that i
1: love drinking do you watch westerns bro I, is, yeah. that, is that a thing you actually watch westworld?
0: i wrote a okay. western themed play <laughs> yeah uh, okay <laughs> did, all, right, all right all
1: right
0: i did, yeah, all I did a ton of uh, i did a ton of research <laughs> man i drank a lot of rye during that too because i
1: well, that's great <laughs> Okay. I need to send you some of those uh, those Cowboy Charoot cigars from Toscano Dude, that, uh, on, that Clint Eastwood smokes. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that.
0: But anyway, so this is definitely something uh, next time I'm doing a, a Western watch, doing a little barbecue and, and kicking back with some Clint Eastwood. Yeah, by all means, uh, send me those cigars. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be enjoying them with this redemption ride. That being said, if I was to go to my pipe, the question is, what should I be smoking?
1: Ah, and of course we hope you go to your pipe. And today we're uh, we're pairing this with an an English blend. It's an American English blend, one that uh, is uh, heavy, burly uh, content with some Cavendish. Uh, this is uh, Cornell and Deals Americana. Uh, it's a tobacco that. Uh, does have that old fashioned uh american english tradition which uh, t- is kind of a uh, light semi sweet it's a burley forward tobacco uh you know also featuring that that uh naturally sweet black cavendish that's unflavored um and uh and really tasty it does have uh the latakia you would expect in an english blend but the latakia is uh is a little muted compared to other uh other tobaccos that are out there so um yeah this is just a this is just a good all around uh mild to medium english blend and uh it, it gives you enough of the uh latakia to let you know it's there uh but it's not overwhelming and I, I, the reason we paired it with this is um you know uh, to allow the redemption rye to uh, to speak uh, for itself allowing those uh, the, you know the spiciness of it to cut to to come out somewhat uh, because it it is a little delicate without getting lost in the palate i wanted something that uh, with that burly had a thick mouthfeel that would coat your tongue um yeah, but yeah. uh but that would not uh, not overpower and uh, and 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 make the redemption uh, get get lost in the background. And so uh, we paired it with that, and uh, and I think it goes really well. Yeah, so check it out a uh, Cornell Cornell Deal Americana Great Tobacco. Been out uh, quite a while now. Comes in a two ounce tin, and you can also get it in bulk. And um, yeah, it's, it's got kind of a nice thick cut to it, and uh really good tobacco. I
0: got to say one of the things I I miss the most about doing these in person is the fact that you know we we bring in the whiskey, you bring in the the tobacco, we'd be able to you know, you'd you'd be smoking it on air so we'd have the the aroma kind of passing through the air but we'd also, you know, yeah. if anybody's ever seen me with like pipe tobacco, I could like go full nose in. Like I like I love to just like like <laughs> breathe in uh-huh. that ten note and there's just something about like enjoying like that, that fresh smell of like a crack, you know, a new cracked open tin, and uh, yeah, and sipping yeah, yeah. some uh, some whiskey right along with it. I mean, like you know, one of the great things about pipe tobacco, especially um, you know, with tin tobacco in particular. I mean, it's true of uh, loose as well, but. Like, it's such a a process of all the senses. You know what I mean? Like, there's the visual aspect of kind of the various kind of colors and cuts that kind of go in. Yeah. There's that, you know, the, that cracking it open feel like, like really just breathing in the smell of that 10 note. Um, and then also just, you know, the, the, you pick it up, you feel the moisture, you feel how dry it is, you feel the texture of it. Like, there's like every single sense. And then, of course, the, the taste of the, the pipe tobacco as well. And then just the continued smell of the kind of the transformed aroma as it, as you, uh, as you smoke it as well. So it's just, man, every single stage is so like, it's such a great process. And uh, I think you've, you've married that process uh, in in these two. (laughs) uh,
1: Yeah, of course, uh, man, so many great products from Cornell deal and, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Americana uh, for a for a mild English blend that has that nice softness of a Burley Ford blend with a little black Cavendish. Uh, of course, you're going to have a little more nicotine here than a Virginia Ford uh, English style blend. But, uh, man, the the smoothness is is definitely there to have a nice thick uh, mouth coat. And the Latakia is just enough to keep you interested without overpowering the Redemption Rye. So, uh, man, great tobacco. All right, man. So that's Redemption
0: Rye. Next up. We're going to be knocking on Heaven's Door.
1: (laughs) We we are, and by knocking, we mean uh, drinking an entire bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I don't know if I could do that tonight, but yeah, 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 yeah. We We got a good one.
0: Um, so this, so next up, we've got Heaven's Door Double Barrel Whiskey. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, like when choosing these, you sent me a picture, and I was kind of scanning, and there is kind of this visual like. Like Heaven's Door, the, the first thing you walk, it it grabs your eye. It's a very it ornate bottle. You've got kind of a lot going on in the design. Uh, at first, it was kind of a little bit like, you know, what exactly is going on here? You know, you see kind yeah. of this spiral yep. type figure. And of course, you know, being me being me, I immediately kind of associate that with, uh, you know, maybe a ship's wheel or something of that nature. And I think, oh, maybe this has something to do there. But then you kind of look a little bit closer. You see kind of the the hammers and the screw and... You know, kind of these what what looks to be some sort of like like I don't know, cotton mill or, or some sort of thing, like, you know, shovels.
1: Work is being it's done. It's almost like yeah. It's almost like 19th century hieroglyphics, right? Yeah, You've got this kind of like it. Egyptian hieroglyphic thing going on, but you look closer and it's like, you know, industrial, mining, uh, you know, you've got these, uh, me- kind of mechanical, steampunky things going on. That's, uh, it's just really strange. It's, it's visually appealing, but you're like, what, what is the inspiration of the, Bo? Do you, do you, did you, uh, do you have any idea where this comes from at all? This, uh, this, interesting background that we're looking I at. I really
0: don't and I should I should just put one last caveat though before before diving into that and so like I say ornate and kind of very decorative and that is true but like the, the way you just said it I think you know think steampunk but minimalist like in terms of the way in which kind of the art is done and I think that's that's right on but no man I have no earthly idea where this is coming from <laughs> especially with a name like heaven's door I'm I am so clueless
1: I know right it, it it's interesting I um I I earlier uh, put a uh, a glass of this uh, over on my Book of Common Prayer that's sitting on my desk, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I need to remember that the one named Heaven's Door is the one on the Book of Common Prayer, uh, because I, I couldn't remember. I, I was like, it, I had two glasses of whiskey here that I was kind of going back and forth comparing, you know, and I was like, they're they're both unmarked glasses, and so I was like, well, how do I remember which one's which? And so I set the Heaven's Door on the on the BCP, but then w- I, w- I I realized that the other one is called Redemption. So uh- <laughs> so we, we've got this very. Uh, Kind of, uh, yeah. Holy Squire yeah, Select right it's here. It's a very, yeah, that's right. It's a <laughs> very, um, I don't know, a very pious, uh, Squire Select going on. It was, it was kind of interesting. So, what you're looking at is a work of art by a famous iron worker oh. who is not known for his iron work. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Heaven's Door Whiskies is a, is the only collaboration. Uh, p- brand partnership of the musical legend Bob Dylan. What? Bob Dylan uh, is collaborating uh, with master distillers across the country uh, to create the brand Heaven's Door. And you're looking at uh, one of their original whiskeys that uh, that came. Well, out. that's why we're knocking on <laughs> so, heaven's door. Then, okay. Well, I thought I was being all clever, but all right, there you go. Well, so what's interesting is the uh, Bob Dylan. Supposedly, I, I didn't realize this until getting into. I'm not a Dylan guy. I don't, you know, I'm not some musical guy anyway. But I, I you know, I'm not super familiar with Bob Dylan. But, um, but he apparently has gotten into. Uh, ironworking this is something that he does wow. that he's uh, okay. found uh, found life in and 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 really kind of gone all in matter of fact I mean you can you can uh, you know go through his artwork online I encourage you to just look up uh, Bob Dylan ironwork and you'll find all kinds of stuff. And it, it is just wide open, but uh, what you're looking at here is uh the uh, pattern that he created on the doors in his shop. And so um it, it, that is that is a that is a Bob Dylan original design uh is what you're looking Fascinating. at. Here. So okay. Um, crazy, huh. man. Yeah, who knew? It's just one of those things I, I never knew and uh you know, I guess if there's some Dylan fans uh listening, they, they may have been familiar with but um, yeah, I didn't have a clue. It, wait, so
0: this is this is beautiful. Like, like I, you know, I, I, it, yeah. it's a, it's a cool design. Like, that's the thing. I, I want to be very clear. I, the reason this stood out <laughs> to me, I mean, admittedly, the name did catch my eye, but I mean, like, yeah, but it's attractive. It's the like yeah. the bottle really did it, it caught my it, eye. It did. It's job. I was a little nervous because yeah. it was a little higher priced than than you know, uh, than than kind of the your, your normal kind of pickup. You know, Square Select typically every once in a while we'll do we'll go all out. Right. But 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 not often. And so I was a little nervous by selecting it, but at the same time <laughs> I needed some new whiskey and you know, I kind of made the caveat of like let's let's pick something good because
1: yeah. <laughs> leave, char- leave the old charter uh, you know at the door. Right. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> we did. We literally did that one twice. So let's let's do uh, let's do something a little nice. But no, I had no clue, man. That's that's wild. Really so, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Award winning collection. Something that uh, is developed in partnership with with Bob Dylan. You know, a lot of uh, these collaborations between celebrities and um, you know uh, particularly liquor, but uh, anything that's kind of un. Related to their their you know form of celebrity, like you know the Bob Dylan didn't get his name making whiskey, right? So, um, so you might go into this. No, you, he got it. He got it making ironworks. right? Well, right. You know, it, it, <laughs> sorry, you know, you sorry. you get to this point where you're like, well, you know, is if if you know that going into this particular. Uh, product is that kind of souring your taste a little bit? Ah, uh, well, maybe it's okay. I mean, it you know they're trying to market Bob Dylan and all this kind of stuff, but
0: I mean I, like cr- Crystal Skull vodka and Aviator gin, like that. This is not a new phenomenon. It's of not. celebrities it, getting it, into this space. It's not,
1: but it, but it is one of those things where you're if you know that going into trying the product, you're kind of like well. Eh, maybe jaded, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, you just kind of wonder, but but you think, okay, if this is the only product that Dylan is is putting his name on, it's his only marketed collaboration out there. Uh, it, it, this is interesting. It's got some real opportunity here, and so uh, I, I think it really shines. It, uh, it builds itself as a blend, uh, a double aged uh, blend. It's not listed as a bourbon. It lists. It is listed. Listed. Sorry, as a double barrel whiskey. Um, and so the content is kind of anyone's guess. It doesn't really have a it doesn't have a clear mash bill. But uh, to read the description uh, from uh, Heaven's Door, uh, I keep wanting to say Heaven's Gate, which is a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, not, not not that, that one. one uh, but but anyway, <laughs> uh, to read the description from uh, from Heaven's Door, uh, it says comprised of a unique blend of three different whiskeys. Our double barrel finishing process utilizes hand toasted new American oak barrels. For a secondary aging worthy of another year's wait. Double Barrel's higher proof balances perfectly with the complexity of its flavor and notes of caramel, oak, citrus, and spice. Um, this has a very, it's very celebrated. It won uh, double gold at the uh, 2018 uh, San Francisco World Spirits Competition. You know, it, the, the, it's got all these uh, London Spirits uh, Competition Whiskey of the Year 2019. Uh, you know, you can uh, read all these accolades that this particular whiskey has, uh, has gotten. But uh, suffice it to say, this is one of those things that you, when you find out it's celebrity uh, collaboration and all this kind of stuff, you're like, man, it, it, it it really is good. You know, it's not something that just sells uh, mm. is being sold mm. by its name. It's um it's really good. So, yeah, bo, you've kind of described it. Um, you know, nice warm amber color there. Yeah. Um, uh, let's give it a let's give it a um give it a taste. All right, cheers. Mm.
0: Isn't that great? Oh man. Okay. So, first things first, you know, we we commented about yeah. the sweetness of redemption. Uh and once again we've got quite a sweet whiskey here um it's kind of the first thing I noticed that we're kind of carrying on that that kind of sweetness. This is yeah fantastic like this is really, really good whiskey um i i didn't know what to expect going in uh, a lot of times you know a pleasant bottle can can deceive you it it does grab your attention it makes you want to try it for sure, but I have been burnt <laughs> before, as you mentioned. The uh the celebrity nature of things does not necessarily give any kind of credibility towards the quality of the product being sold. <laughs> I have seen a lot of celebrities like hawking stuff that you know they don't use themselves. That being said, this is It's fantastic. pretty doggone good Yeah, I feel Yeah, man. I feel like I'm knocking on Heaven's Door right now. <laughs> is that even a Dylan song? Like I don't <laughs> Yeah, he sang it in the seventies, didn't he? And then Guns N' Roses in the eighties. Is that right?
1: I'm looking it up right now. Yeah,
0: hang on. We should, yeah, I will that's, tell you this. That's
1: like Guns and Roses. That has nothing to do with Bob Dylan. Bob so, Dylan yeah.
0: it in the, sang it in the 70s. I, Guns I, and I Roses know. sang it in the 80s, and Dylan sang it in the 70s.
1: Okay. Yeah, man, I'm sure I'm sure you're going to get a lot of feedback on that. I, I know it. one <laughs> of us is going to get heavily
0: corrected. That is true. No, one of as, us is going to get heavily
1: as corrected. as as we should yeah, on yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this I is but this just, is going to be one of those. Where we're going to get 20 emails. <laughs> I think you're just making up facts, to be honest with you, about Bob Dylan and Guns and Roses and Heaven's Door and and, and Heaven's Gate.
0: All, I, all of the above. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this because I've, I've had a little Heaven's <laughs> Door at this, this stage of the game. Every, every year uh, for a different podcast, uh, flash TV talk, we do a, a Christmas special called grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas call and extravaganza. And, uh, it's based <laughs> off of a throwaway joke from like the first season of that show. We're like seven seasons in, And, uh, and about Grandma Esther, uh, gr- about Grandma Esther, and how like she always liked the bourbon light, and her definition was of light was like you know like sixty percent bourbon and the in oh the yeah thing. yeah. And so uh, one year, probably about I don't know three or four years ago, I created a parody song of uh, of knocking on Grandma Esther's door, and it was based off of knocking on Evan's door. <laughs>
1: Wow, I, I think we should continue with the review. So yes, let's it's, talk
2: this about this it. A,
0: it's like a, what, 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 pipe
2: tobacco
1: or something? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is about a forty-five dollar bottle of uh, of whiskey. Um, it, so it is I'm 100. gonna enjoy it. No, it is, as you as you should. Uh, it is a hundred proof. You do have that more um, you, you know, you can taste the alcohol more oh, yes you can. than you can the other one. It is a more uh, a little more meaty of of, of a whiskey. Uh, it the sweetness is certainly there. It is a sweet whiskey, but it also has a spicy heat to it that's really mm. pleasant. There's cinnamon uh, that lingers. There's a little cherry, but the cinnamon is very apparent. Uh, brown sugar uh, is is there. It's a really nice Uh, kind of toastiness, uh, toasty sweetness that's very pleasant. Um, it's a moderately complex uh, whiskey, but focuses really on its body. That's the that's kind of mm, where it is. I think mm-hmm. is the the little bit of spice, that heat, a little cinnamon, uh, and then the body of it. It's just a really good uh, good whiskey for its price. And so, um, you know, it has a, a little bit of an astringent finish, that kind of dryness to the mouth that uh, is left there. I I, I gather, but uh, and you get you do get a little vanilla on the finish, which is nice. But um, but this is just a you know overall a great um a great whiskey uh you know i have some guesses as to what's in it i mean it does have a a nice pleasant bite the sweetness you know makes you uh, you know, think of of this and that, but you know, we really don't know because the mash bill is just says it's uh, you know, it's three different uh, a blend of three different whiskeys. So um, you know, kind of interesting uh really. But um anyway, so uh, great whiskey, uh particularly for $45 uh, or thereabouts, and uh double barrel whiskey from Heaven's Door. And so um, we paired this this go around with Aaron Moore mixture. I love Aaron Moore. Now this is a classic uh aromatic when I say Classic, and we're talking decades old. I mean, just a, a very you know prolific, uh, ubiquitous tobacco. You can find it at any uh, any tobacconist worth that's salt, and uh, just a just a really good uh, tobacco. Nowadays, uh, historically made by Murray's. Nowadays, made by Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Uh, Aaron Moore. This is uh, it comes in a flake and a mixture, uh, kind of a ready rubbed uh, variety, and that's what I smoke today. But um, ages old recipe uh they uh guard it uh, secretly they're not particularly uh forthcoming with what's in aaron Moore uh it's just a semi sweet smoking mixture if you go to i love you go to um uh dot com and they've got all this uh, kind of crazy, uh, you know, when you read the reviews, people are like, yeah, I get pineapple and yeah, I get, uh, you know, lemons and yeah, I mean, it's just all over the map, you know, which is, uh, kind of, kind of fascinating, but it's a black Cavendish Burley Virginia mixture that, uh, just has a nice kind of soft semi-sweet topping on it. And, uh, you will get a little fruit. I think that's apparent, but, um, but a, a really good old fashioned aromatic, something that's just not overly sweet, uh, that complements the nice tang of, uh, of the whiskey, uh without getting in the way. So it really is just right. And um yeah. If you haven't tried Aaron Moore and you're getting into the pipe uh smoking game or uh you know wanting to build your cellar, uh Aaron Moore is certainly one to uh, to, you know, add to your um, add to your rotation list.
0: Man. No, that's good, man. That's a, a good one to add for for sure. I've never actually uh smoked that before, so excited to do so. And now with uh Heaven's Door I've got quite the great accompaniment for uh such an endeavor. I don't know about you, but this uh, this Squire Select is landing very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what else lands very, very well? my ad my ad transitions to our sponsorship with our good friends at Missouri Merham.
1: <laughs> wow, and Bo hasn't had a lot to eat today. <laughs>
0: I forgot to have lunch.
1: Yeah, that's very apparent. Uh man, I, this is great. I'm just having a I'm just having a grand old time. Uh man, we are so thankful for our friends uh at Missouri Meershim for sponsoring the show and of course uh week in we week out we talk about their uh, pipes because they're so much fun and affordable and um, accessible. Um, one that we don't talk about a whole lot, but that it certainly has a place uh, in the pocket pipe uh, kind of realm, a tasting pipe realm, and also uh, pipes that are fun to give out to friends if they're getting into pipe smoking. That's for the Missouri Meerschaum Mini. Uh, the Mini is a tiny little pipe. It's a great tasting pipe and one that you can tuck a handful of in your uh, glove box or keep, uh, you know, at your house on your front porch for your friends when they come over. Uh, uh, great sampling pipe, one of those that, uh, you know, is just not going to take up a lot of room and uh, you can keep a nice uh, nice stock of. So Missouri Mearsham Mini, you can get it at corncobpipe.com, and they'll ship it directly to you from uh, Washington, Missouri. So check it out, and uh, we think you'll be happy with it.
0: That's right. Hey, if you happen uh, – you know, I always love actually seeing uh, smokes or pictures of people smoking the Mini just because it is such a – uh, iconically cool looking pipe. So if you happen yeah. to do so, uh, tweet them into to us. We love to retweet them out. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mirsham know we appreciate them for sponsoring the show. Question of the week from the Reverend Josh. That's right, one of the many Reverends. Look, we are we are a very blessed podcast. I know, right? Yeah. We're out here, we're drinking we're drinking the spirits of redemption and heaven's door, and we got <laughs> the right Reverend Josh writing in this week. Uh, asking us some great, great pipe questions. So here, here's what he says. I'm interested in your thoughts around environmental and ethical impacts of tobacco growing. It seems like tobacco grow uh, growth in Syria was largely ended due to concerns over the burning of indigenous trees and the eco impacts. And I was wondering if there was a fair trade tobacco out there uh, in the same way that coffee can be fair trade with so much tobacco coming out of Africa from what I'm guessing might be poorly paid farmers. So boys, can this pastor smoke without a guilt conscious... Without a guilty conscience over the impact of my pipe, are there some tobaccos that are more ethically grown than others? On judgment day, can I stand before the Lord and without fear of being smelt for my smoking? Blessings, Reverend Josh. Well, first, let me tell you, uh, by grace of jesus yes you can because he, <laughs> he he paved the way reverend but uh but beyond that uh, i'll i'll kick it to john david for the tobacco
1: <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a great question for the conscious smoker right i mean we want to uh support uh you know companies and individuals that are you know treating people right so um yeah you know it it's harder with pipe tobacco uh reverend josh it really is uh pipe tobaccos you don't really see a lot of single origin you know pipe tobaccos where you know you might think of uh, coffee, even in cigars where you've got a Puro cigar where all, all things come from one country or something like that. Uh, pipe tobacco, uh, because it is a very uh, niche industry and, and you know, within the broader tobacco category, uh, you've got stuff that is mixed from all, you know, different continents. I mean, you're, you're thinking about Asia, Europe, uh, all over Africa, all over the Americas, both North and South. Uh, and there's just a patchwork of, uh, you know, rights and social norms that are um, you know uh, brought uh you know or are observed in all these different areas and so uh yeah, this is a harder question so um you know you you do uh have American companies obviously that are um you know packaged and and all that here and then european companies but uh you know they're getting their tobacco from a lot of uh you know third world countries which is uh correct you mentioned uh you know a lot of the a lot of the tobacco coming from uh, from Africa, there's not an easy way to answer this. If you go to uh, some of the websites of the biggest players uh, in the world, folks like Mac Barron, Scandinavia Tobacco Group, uh, you know, which is uh, uh, so many favorites of ours, like Orlick, uh, Peter Stocoby Aaron Moore, which we talked about today, Escudo, uh, you know, all these, the big companies, they they make very clear on their websites in, in black and white, how uh, committed they are to human rights and uh, you know that no one is exploited at any part of their uh, process. Uh, you know, distribution and and uh, manufacturing chain and all this kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, it, that take that for what it's worth. Um, you know, that uh, they. they they may not uh you know abuse folks but uh, you know there again I, I we don't know where they're necessarily getting their tobaccos a lot of this tobacco is very uh particular how it's harvested and so there's probably a lot of small batch farmers that um you know are subsistence uh type growers that uh you know are are um, you know growing this kind of stuff and so i i just i just don't know the answer to it and i don't know if there really is an answer to it to be honest it's just a muddied uh thing there's no uh fair trade tobacco organization out there though that um you know has a uh you know a stamp of approval like a um you know a, like you see maybe in the coffee world or something of that nature so um, yeah, it's just something we don't really have yeah. in the pipe world. and um you know I wish uh, I wish we did, yeah, but I, I I do think because of you know these social pressures we experience nowadays we don't want to get into politics, but in, we just don't do that on CSR. But you know the social pressures we we feel nowadays, I mean, we think about the upheaval we're experiencing in in uh, the us and in the West in general. You know, that has a that cuts both ways in you know it, it can it can provide some benefit and it can provide some uh, some detriment. <laughs> but but one one thing that, you know, it is it is doing, I, I would venture to say, is it's putting it's putting some pressure on companies to be more thoughtful about where they're getting stuff. Uh and and, and that that is going through the entire supply chain. And so, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, even uh, you know what we're seeing the the pressure that's being put on you know some of the more you know visible companies maybe in the S and P five hundred or on the news you know the, these companies are getting pressure to you know to to source stuff in in ethical ways and so I think that is trickling down to some degree to premium tobacco companies and and you know frankly I I have a lot of faith in the people at places like MacBaron and uh, you know certainly Cornell and Deal and um, you know, uh, folks like this. I mean, Sutliff—they make great tobacco, and I—I I don't know exactly where they're getting their tobaccos from, but—but—but—but um, but, but, but do have a lot of faith in in what they can control and. Um, so there is no good answer josh i, I wish i had a better answer uh, if we have an industry insider that's not just i
0: was about to say yeah go go
1: for that that's not just a redneck with a microphone like us uh, you know I'd, I'd love to love to hear you know some <laughs> some thoughts on that but um you know I, I think you are putting a lot of trust in the tobacco companies just know that uh, uh, these are not just uh you know big tobacco we're not talking about that we're talking about the most esteemed premium tobacconists uh, tobacco Manufacturers in the world uh, that that make luxury products and are concerned about um, you know their their image and reputation and so um, you know I, I I would tend to. Tend to trust them on this type of thing, and you know, hope that that would be uh, hope that that would be good. Great question, though, and and I think a, a fair question, and something that Great we should uh, something we should think about. I wish there were an easier answer. That's
0: right. Well, Reverend Josh, thank you so much for that question. We appreciate that, and um, yeah, and like I, I just want to echo John David as well. We 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 know that there are in, industry insiders listening, so consider this an open invitation if you'd like to come in and uh, and have that conversation with yeah, us. Yeah, and it.
1: seriously, I mean, we, there are industry insiders that listen to our show. Week in and week out, like, you know, are you affiliated with a uh, tobacco company that, uh, you know, that and maybe you have some stuff in place that, um, you know, speaks to ethically sourced pipe tobacco? And maybe you'd like to talk about that. Um, come, come give us a shout. Let's talk about yeah, it. Uh, we'd we'd love to love to hear more about that. I think that would be uh, beneficial <laughs> for the pipe community. Um, in general, so um,
0: you know. I, ironically, I wanted to do it earlier when you were kind of uh, talking about the Mississippi purchasing uh, al- alcohol purchasing person in the in the state bureaucracy who has to buy all the alcohol. I kind of want to yeah. be like, I wonder if he's a pipe smoker and he listens to that. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, but hey, dude, if if you're listening, man, c- come on and just like you know, <laughs> we'll we'll kick back on some Heaven's Door and 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 you know, you could you could share with us. <laughs> <what it's> like. <laughs> tell, tell us about
1: the inside of the People's Republic. We we want to hear all about it. Oh man,
0: well again, a uh, great question there, Reverend and. Uh, If you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to send it in the show, show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com.
2: Your Your thoughts, thoughts, your your comments. comments. Listener feedback.
0: Listen to feedback. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, we, uh, as, as, as with most Squire Selects, we're running a little bit longer than we normally do. So we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll dive, we'll pull one out of the mailbag here. Uh, this is coming from longtime listener, Rob Forbes. Uh, what did Rob have to say?
1: Man, you have mentioned blending houses like Kohlhaas and Kopp and others when you review blends. Can you do a series where you go into more detail on the histories of those major blending houses and the blends they are known for? And that's from our dear mm. friend, Rob's, uh, Rob. Rob. <laughs> (laughs) Um, great, great question, Rob. You know, I think um, that there are some fantastic blending houses out there that produce the brands that we know and love. And so, you know, when you hear, you know, Peterson Tobacco or, you know, we talked today about Aaron Moore, you know, briefly mentioned things like Orlick or Escudo, uh, even Peter Stokeby, you know, uh, you know, these are not there's not a Peter Stokeby Uh, Well, let me... I want to be very clear, because... You know, in some cases there are. There is like an Orlick factory, but I mean it's owned, sure. all this is owned by you know Scandinavian Tobacco Group, and they produce all this. But you know, certainly in the sense of Rattrays or Robert McConnell or uh, you know Solani tobaccos, or I mean, you know, there's a lot of these are made in not a factory named Solani. These brands are made in in factories like Kohlhaas that uh, produce under a lot of different names. There is no Peterson Tobacco Factory. This stuff is made by Scandinavian. Tobacco group and and they have a history, they have a story and uh, and and their own um, you know uh, kind of lineage of excellence and 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 trial that they've uh, gone through to produce the blends that they have over the years and so. Um, yeah I think it'd be a good idea Kohlhaas is uh probably uh you know in my opinion one of the best in the world I you know tend to uh, talk highly of their uh tobaccos that we've discussed before and uh, certainly have a lot of good things to say about them and uh, and Mac Barron and so many others um you know and so um you know I, I think this is uh I think this is a good idea uh you know we could uh maybe have some kind of uh, you know series or maybe mini series on just the different uh, blending houses that are out there, the tobaccos they produce, but where they came from, and um, you know what their sources are, and all this kind of stuff. It might be fun. So yeah, good good idea, Rob.
0: Great suggestion. You know, we always love kind of diving into different uh, brands and industries and our various aspects rather of the industry, and so. Uh, love, love the suggestion. Appreciate you, Rob, for uh, for sending that in. And yeah, you know what? I want to kind of open it up as well. If anybody's got some suggestions, if there are aspects of uh, the industry, the art form, or otherwise that you would love to see us cover, uh, we'd love to do that. You know, we we kind of half joked about it recently on a on a podcast from a quick fire questions series that we got from I want to say Pastor Joda about like what would they smoke and it's kind of started to inspire a whole new series. So like we (laughs) love, we we love taking inspiration from y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Well, all right. It's still marinating. It's still marinating, but it's a cool concept. And, uh, I'm all for cool concepts. So anyway, all that to say, uh, we would love to get your suggestions for anything that you would like for us to cover on this series. And we've got some great episodes down the line. Look forward to uh, to bringing you some good stuff. We also want to encourage you, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow uh, the
1: show at Squire Radio. Or you can follow me at John David Cole or get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of
0: course, uh, Country Squire Radio is also on Facebook and all other kinds of places. But if CountrySquireRadio.com is the place to go to find that all that information and more. Hey, I'm going to throw in like a little personal request here at the very tail end. If you happen to live in the kind of Houston or surrounding areas uh, and you know like some good beaches to go fishing on, uh, I've been going to Surfside, which I really, really enjoy. I love Surfside a lot, but I'm also like I'm wanting to kind of try some different spots. I've I've done... Very good fishing there up until this last past time when not only did I burn my face off and freeze my body, I had literally no bites.
1: Burned I mean, my know, face off.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was it was a bad trip. It was a bad trip. But regardless, <laughs> if you've if you've got some suggestions for uh, some coastal fishing spots, please let me know uh and don't just say galveston No, by galveston so any any places that are a little bit less uh, uh populated and, and used um, by all means send that in show at countrysquareradio.com
1: and uh that being said man this was a fun one i always love doing a squire select with me you. too man it was uh it was good to not just restock the liquor cabinet but uh hang out with my bro so had hey, a good time always
0: absolutely man well, hey let's
1: go have a day see you brother